Welcome to the Buckhead Church Podcast. At Buckhead Church, we are for Atlanta because we believe that God is for Atlanta. And these days, it's more important than ever to be known by what we're for. And we hope this podcast helps you in your life and faith. We want to help you find greater hope with fewer regrets because we are for you. If it's your first time with us, head over to buckheadchurch.org slash new so we can meet you and send you a free For Atlanta gift on us. If you're not already receiving weekly emails from us, make sure to head to our website, scroll to the bottom, click stay informed and sign up today. The best way to keep up with everything going on is to follow us on social media, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our free Buckhead Church app. But most importantly, I hope the following episode inspires you to take the next step forward in your faith journey this week. Enjoy. Well, hello, Buckhead Church. So good to see all of you again. I feel so grateful to get to be here. And for those of you, if we have not met, my name is Clay Scroggins. I am a pastor and I worked here for a long time and I just feel really grateful to get to be back. Most churches, when you leave, they don't ever invite you back, and so I'm just really (laughs) grateful to be here. Uh, It's a big win. No matter, even if this whole thing falls apart, I'm like, man, that's so cool that they would invite me back. I feel really grateful. Um, Thank you for the woo, too, Mom. That was really awesome, so... No, I, um, I am excited. Today is my dad's 70th birthday, so happy birthday. Shout out to my dad. Uh, way to go, um, 70. It's, uh, it's looking good on you. Well, well done, well done. Um, hey, we all know what it's like to be on the struggle bus, right? We all know what it's like to feel like, man, I just can't quite get it together. I can't quite figure this thing out. I just feel like I'm struggling. And so in the series, our hope is that if you feel like you're on the struggle bus, that this would be for you. Uh, in, in the publishing world, when it comes to books, I've talked to enough publishers to know that they, they would call this title, they'd call it a brown bag title. It's one of those titles that you don't want people to see that you're watching sermons on this, that you're trying to figure it out, because it's hard for it. We don't want anybody to know we're on the struggle bus, right? But it's the one thing that really connects us all, is that we all know what it's like to struggle. We all know what it's like to feel like, I don't have it all together, that I can't quite figure this thing out. And even if it's not in general in life, I'm sure it's maybe a particular realm of life where you feel like, I'm just, I'm just struggling. I just feel like I am on the struggle bus. I want to start with this question. Why can't we change the things that we want to change about ourselves? Right? I mean, we're going to talk about some other ideas in this series, and I'm uh, really excited about week two and week three, but I just thought this might just be a good place to start with. Is Why, why can't we just change the things we want to change about ourselves? If you've had New Year's resolutions, then you get it, right? You've rolled into the year going, all right, I got some things that this year it's going to be different. This year it's going to be, you know, new me, new life, new year. I can't wait, right? Have you ever noticed the older we get, the more our New Year's resolutions start um, bleeding over from one year to the next, you know? It's like, I mean, yeah, did I have this one in 19, 20, 21, 22? Yeah, but I mean, you may as well just go ahead and throw it out there for 23 again, right? Because most people don't end up keeping their New Year's resolutions. In fact, if you keep it through January, any of you still, you're like, I, I said it and I'm still going with it on my New Year's resolution. Any of you? Yeah, there's like four of you. Yeah, you're like the experts, the overachievers, the Enneagram threes of the group, right? You're still doing it. But the rest of us, we've quit. We quit long ago, you know? In fact, uh, I don't know if you realize this, but January 16th, 2023 is known as Blue Monday. The, the third Monday of the year is known as Blue Monday every year because it's the most depressing day of the year. Not only is the weather typically gloomy, but we just got our credit card statements from December, from Christmas, right? And then on top of that, 
Most people at that point have already quit. They've already stopped trying. They've already lost. They've already gotten off the rails when it comes to their New Year's resolution. And so it's no wonder that we give up. And we've all tried different things. We've all tried to figure out different ways to do it, different ways to approach it. And that's really what today is about. I want to introduce to you a truth from God's Word that I believe will help us, can help us, has the potential to not just change the way we think about change, but to actually change the way we live, to change the way we act, so that we might actually see a different side of life, a new, an, a genuine new me, even more than that, that we might be able to grow into who God wants us to be. It has so much to do with the inputs, what we're putting in, the buttons we're pressing. Anybody tried praying about your New Year's resolution, right? I mean, that's, that's the one where you're like, I mean, I tried to do it differently. That didn't work out. So now I'm just trying to pray about it, right? My, um, our, our, our youngest child, my wife and I have five kids and we live here in the Buckhead community and go to Atlanta public schools. And our youngest kid is not, uh, he's, he's just started preschool. So he's just getting, getting into that. And um, the first, first day of school for him was difficult. And my wife's an awesome She's an awesome person, awesome mom, and she could feel his anxiety. She said, I'm in the carpool line. He had unbuckled the seat, standing up behind me over my shoulder, and I could genuinely feel how nervous he was. That's what moms do, right? Moms have that intuitive sense oftentimes. And so she calls me later today, later that day to tell me the story, and she said, you know, I asked him, I said, hey, Whit, are you nervous? And he said, yes. And she said, would you like for me to pray for you? And he said, sure, right? And so she prays for him, and she said, he looks up at me after I prayed. I, you know, I prayed. I said, God, would you, you know, give him courage, be with him, take away his nervousness. In Jesus' name, amen. She said, he looks up at me with these big eyes like he had something to say. And, I, and I'm a, as a pastor, I'm like, you know, what did he say? Did he quote C.S. Lewis? Did he drop a Bible verse, like a Lecrae lyric? Like, what was it, you know? Something that was profound. She goes, he just looks at me. Well, that didn't work. <laughs> you know what that feels like, right? You know what it feels like to go, I have done everything I need to do. I have tried to change. I've tried to be different. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, and it hasn't worked. Here's what I, I wanted to just start with today is just this simple statement that we'll never change by just trying to change. The thing we're going to read in scripture today, the thing that we're going to look at from God's word is that we'll never change by just trying to change, right? Everybody knows what it feels like to try to be different, right? I mean, I, I see it all the time with my kids with, when it comes to homework, you know, one of them struggling with a class or something and we find out about it, you know, the teacher tells us or we get the email or we check their grades online, which I am so grateful when I was in school, that was not a thing, right? But we'll ask him, you know, we're like, hey, what's going on? And they'll say, I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to do different. I'm trying to make better grades. And oftentimes I hear it and I'm like, well, do something more than trying because that ain't working. This is the same thing we talked about last time when it comes to them fighting with each other, arguing with each other. I'm like, would you please stop? Would you please, just for the love of, maybe the love of your mother. I mean, you always talk about like, what does she want for Mother's Day? I'll tell you what she wants for Mother's Day. For y'all to just get along. That's what she wants. And they're like, never gonna happen. Like, what about a gift card? Is that an option, you know? 
I'm like, would you just try? And they're like, we're trying to be nicer to each other. But you know what I, you know what I mean by this? Like it's a trying, it, it, it feels like this half-hearted, hopeful experiment. It's half-hearted, you know? It's like, I'm not really all in. I mean, I'm going to try, but, you know, and it feels like a hopeful exper- experiment. Like, I mean, if I, if I wish for it enough, like, will it be different? If I just hope for it enough, will it be different? And, and we all know that it just doesn't work to just try. I mean, maybe some of you are trying to get out of debt or maybe you're trying to make better grades or maybe you're trying to work less or trying to work out more. You're trying to eat better, right? Or maybe you're trying to drink less, trying to eat out less. Maybe you're trying to have a better morning routine or trying to get to bed earlier, trying to watch less Netflix or maybe you're trying to cuss less or trying to speak up more in meetings or trying to watch less pornography or trying to stop smoking. Maybe you're trying to pray daily, trying to be more patient with your kids. And if you're like me, there comes a point in time where you're like, it's not working. I mean, this, this idea of just trying, right? it's almost as if Jesus followers, Christians, and, and I recognize that there's many of you that maybe you're, you're not sure, you, maybe you don't call yourself a Christian, not even sure if you're a Jesus follower, you're just, maybe you're just thinking about, is this something I want to enter into? Is this worth it? Does it matter? Is it really going to be helpful? There's a lot of Christians that have adopted a theology of trying. It just feels like, well, if I just, you know, if I just bear down enough, and if I just think about it enough, and wish for it enough, if I just try enough, maybe it'll work out. I'm I'm just here to tell you today, the answer is not in just trying harder. There's something way bigger than that. There's a different way to think. There's some different inputs that I'm telling you, if we'll think about, if we'll process, I think it will change the way we think, give us a new approach, which really will change the way we live. I'm not standing here today thinking that today's one of those incremental 1% better kind of days. No, I, I genuinely believe that massive change could be on the horizon for you. That the potential for you to be a different person, not tomorrow, not in a week, but I do feel like oftentimes we overestimate what God might want to do in a day and underestimate what he might want to do in a year. Underestimate what he might want to do in five years, in 10 years. I really believe that today has the potential to be the beginning of something significant and I don't believe it because I'm like, oh, I got some thoughts I want to bring today. No, no, no. Because I, I, I really want to open up the Bible with you. I want to open up a couple of letters that the Apostle Paul wrote that I believe are inspired by God. That I believe that are a word for us for today. And it's impacted my life. I just want to share it. I'm hoping that it'll impact yours as well. If you, if you have a Bible, if you brought one, or if you use technology and you want to interact with it, or you just want to write this down, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians Verse nine, uh, chapter 9, and we're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Two letters that the Apostle Paul wrote where he talks about this same concept of how trying, um, there's something better. There's a better way. Here's what he said. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. This is where we're going to start. He says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize, Right? Now, this is not a shot at our everybody gets a trophy culture of the day, right? I mean, I don't mind that everybody gets a trophy. Honestly, one of my favorite comedians, I've heard him talk about this concept that he's like, I mean, yeah, everybody's like, oh, everybody gets a trophy. Like this generation's so soft, you know? No, maybe we should celebrate the fact that these kids aren't out playing video games. Have you played video games lately? 
Like they are so real, it's insane. I mean, amazing and addictive. And if you see somebody, a kid out playing soccer, I'm just like, get the kid a trophy. Like this is unbelievable. They could be inside playing a video game, right? So let's just celebrate that. But that's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about the everybody gets a trophy culture. He's just simply setting up this idea that we are in a race, that we are running a race right now. And if you're gonna run the race, if you're alive today, don't buy into the lie that Christians can't be competitive. How many of you are like, no, I am competitive. Don't care who knows it. If you can't raise your hand, person sitting next to you can be like, no, no, get your hand up. We all know. You know, like we played Monopoly and you like about to came to blows over it. You know what I mean? Like people, there are people in this world who think that you, you can't be a Christian and be competitive. Well, that's silly. Like God is a God of victory. God is a God who he defeated the enemy. God is a God who celebrates success. He's good with winning. He's good with success. This isn't a bad thing. And he says, if you're going to run this race in life, then there's run for the prize. Run in such a way, he says, to get the prize. Run in such a way to win. Now, I will say he's going to redefine winning for us. But he says, run, take this seriously. This matters. This is important. And then he tells us, but the answer is not in just trying to get in better shape, trying to just run harder, trying to just make it work. He says, no, no, that's not how it works. Think about the people who compete in the games, who compete in the Olympics, who compete in professional sports. Think about the people that are standing at the front of the marathon. Everyone who competes in the games, they go into strict training. This is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the idea of training. What does it look like for us to stop trying and start training? It's very different, very different concepts, right? I mean, just imagine some of you, um, you know, you know what it's like to train for the 5k or the 10k or the half or the full I was laughing with Evan earlier because I think Evan's the first person that I saw that had that sticker on the back that said 26.2 and then underneath it, it said Oreos eaten in one sitting. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So I know not all of us, I'm in the same boat. Like the last thing I'm trying to do right now is trying to run a marathon, right? But some of you know what that's like. You can just imagine getting up to the starting line of the marathon and looking over at the person next to you, and you've trained. I mean, you've, you went from the couch to marathon training. You've been at this. You've been running. You've been doing 75 hard, whole 30, all the different gimmicks, and th- not gimmicks, all the different plans that we use, right? I mean, you've been like at it. You've been working on it, and you look over at the person next to you, and you'd be like, oh, man, I am so ready for this. What'd you do? What kind of training did you do? I mean, just imagine, right? The person that's over there going like training. Oh, my goodness. Wow, yeah. Whew, uh, not a lot. I mean, it's been rough. I mean, we have had a rough couple months. I mean, work has been so busy. And then we had a leak in our basement. And so I just, it's taken up all my time. And then man, kids sports. I mean, it's just exhausting so much of it, you know? So no, haven't really um, had a chance to do a lot. And you're just over here going like, you're about to just come out here and try to run this marathon and just try to run. You're just going to try to run this marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm super excited about the t-shirt and I'm just hoping that like I can just finish this thing. And you know, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna give it all. I'm gonna give it all I've got. Right? That's the way some of us are showing up in life though. Some of us are showing up in life going, yeah, I'm trying, but I haven't done what the apostle Paul's saying. I haven't gone through strict training. This word training is the word where we get the word agony that I'm putting in everything I got. I'm setting up my life. I took things out. I put things in. I changed everything around because I am in 
training right now. Let, let me give you a simple definition. Tra- training is doing the little I can do today so I'm able to do more tomorrow. Training is not, I'm going to go out there and try to run 26 today. I'm going to go out there and try to run 13 today. No, 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 no. I, I, I couldn't even do, I mean, some of you, honestly, if I say, all right, who could go outside right now and run a marathon? You know, there's only like a couple of you in here that are crazy like that. The rest of you would be like, I, I couldn't do that today. Okay, well, you might not be able to do that today. What can you do today? Well, I could run a couple miles. Well, I could jog for a mile. Well, I could walk a mile. Okay, well, you start there. You do the little you can do today so that tomorrow you can do more. You can only walk a mile today. Well, go walk a mile today, and then tomorrow maybe you can walk 1.2, 1.5, maybe 2. You can only run 2 today. Well, run 2 today, and then maybe tomorrow you can run 3. This is what he's saying. He's saying that get into strict training to do the little you can do today so that tomorrow you'll be able to do more. I'm not trying to run this thing. I'm tra- I am in training in this life. He goes on to say, he says, everybody who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Now he's going to get into, I, I'm so grateful for this because not only is he going to get into, okay, um, well, why are we doing this in the first place? And what is this all about? And what are we even, you know, he's using this illustration of running. Some of you are like, is this whole thing building up to him trying to talk us to run a marathon? No, no, no. That's not the takeaway today. The takeaway today is not, you know, runner, leaders are runners and Jesus followers run and you got to get, no, that's not what it's about. He's just using that as an illustration and he's going to set something up, but he gives us this little insight just to know, hey, there are a lot of things you could run for. There's a lot of things you could live for. And some of them are celebrated in this life, but some of them matter for the next life. He's setting this up that, hey, this is way more than what we see. This is way deeper than what we even understand, which led me to the question, you know, one of the, one of the best ways to read the Bible I found, I had a seminary professor that said this, that whenever you come across a passage of scripture, a lot of times the best thing you can do is just write down as many questions as you can write down. And so in my Bible, when I was reading through this, I wrote down in the margin, what, what are we training for? What, I, I mean, I, the apostle Paul, I, I'd love to ask him, but fortunately we have the power of God's spirit. And I'm asking him, what, 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 what is it? What are we training for? I started looking at other places where the Apostle Paul uses this concept of training. He uses this same idea that he uses in 1 Corinthians 9. He uses it in this other little letter called 1 Timothy. He, he, he Apostle Paul is like the Yoda, and Timothy's like the, he, he's the junior sensei. He's the, he's the, he's the, he's the, the mentee. And so he, he writes to him this letter. He, he, you can feel it in the letter too. He loves this. He's trying to help him out. He's trying to get him set up, trying to give him all this advice. And, and he uses a lot of the same language. In 1 Timothy 4, here, here's what he says. Look at this. He says, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Have nothing to do with the, the, the thing that's the sensation for the day, the latest fad. No, don't get caught up in that. But instead, train yourself to be... And then he's going to tell us, train yourself to be what? Fit? Train yourself to be healthy? Train yourself to be smart? Train yourself to be disciplined? Train yourself to be successful? What, what, what does he say? He, he says, train yourself to be, train yourself to, to be godly. A- a- everybody. 
particularly those of you that have put your faith in Jesus, those of you that are following Jesus, he's imploring us. He's encouraging Timothy. He's encouraging us. Hey, there's a lot of things in this world you could be training for, but every one of us ought to be training ourselves to be godly. Why? Well, because of this crown that he referred to in 1 Corinthians, because anything else you train yourself for, yeah, you might get a crown for this life, but that doesn't matter near as much as the crown that you're going to get for eternity. He says it this way in 1 Timothy. He says, because physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise both for the present life and also for the life to come. Because if you train yourself to be godly, what, what, might, what might happen? Well, what does, that even, what does that even mean to train yourself to be godly? I mean, let's just start with the, the fruit of the Spirit, right? That when the Spirit of God is ruling, is, is owning our life, then what are the things that manifest themselves? that We call them fruit. Paul calls them fruit. He says the fruit of the Spirit, that when, when you're training yourself for godliness, what ends up happening is you end up finding more joy in life, having more peace in life, being a person that has patience, being a person that's kind, being a person that is self-disciplined, being a person that's generous. This is what happens. Now, what would happen in your life if you became those things? Well, it would change everything. You'd be a better mom, you'd be a better dad, you'd be a better friend, a better employee, a better leader, a better son, daughter, everything. It would affect everything. And this is what he's saying. Train yourself to be not just a marathon runner, train yourself to be godly. Get in the training of godliness. It's a different way to think. It's a different way to see yourself. My hope is that maybe today, all of us would leave her today and go, you know what? All right, I'm in training. I'm about to get in training. I'm not just gonna get yoked and swole. I might have to skip leg day from time to time, but I'm about to get godly. I am training myself to be godly because it matters. It matters in this life. It matters in the next life. And when we have an objective, when we have a clear objective that we're running after, then we're not wasting our time anymore, right? We're not just finding ourselves running in circles Here's the way he puts it. Back in 1 Corinthians, he says, therefore, I don't run. Once I've identified that I'm training myself to be godly, then I'm not running like someone who's running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer who's just beating the air. No, I, I mean, we, we all know what that's like, right? I mean, you put on your shoes, you get all your athleisure that you finally get to put into action, right? And you go running with a friend. And I mean, have you ever run with someone that like runs all the time? Miserable experience, right? Especially the ones that you get out there with them and, you know, you're like, you know, I, I, the way I always feel is I'm like, I'm not going to ask them how far we're going because I'm going to act like I can go however long, you know, but about like a half a mile in, you know, like 12 steps in, I'm like, um, hey, just curious, like how far you think about going today? You know, like, I mean, three, four, like five, what are we doing? You know, just curious. Like the worst is when they're like, I don't know, I just felt like I was going to run, you know? You're like that, no, like, please tell me, like, what is the finish line here? I need to know where are we headed with this, right? I mean, running aimlessly is miserable. It's, it's like driving around a roundabout, you know, where you're just like, don't even know when to get off, don't know where to go, don't know what exit to take, you know, Big Ben, Parliament, Big Ben, Parliament, like just over and over. And sometimes life feels that way. 
Oh, here we go again, beginning of the year. Oh, there goes my resolutions. Oh, Easter's already here. Crazy, the weather's getting better. Cool, summertime, hey. Oh, it's football season, can't wait. Oh, Thanksgiving again, this is in December, here, Christmas, again. And it just feels like you're running around the tracks. And some of you know what that feels like, where you've been thinking, what is this for? Like, what am I even doing? I mean, I get like, Ricky Bobby said, if you ain't first, you're last. But like, what, what is the goal here? What's the aim here? Where am I headed with this? Paul's going, you got to have the objective in mind. You need to be in training. We can be in training for godliness. He, he continues by just trying to put some emphasis on this. He says, I, I, I discipline my body. I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. In other words, I, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I, I don't want to be hypocritical in the sense that this is who I want people to know me as, but this is what I'm really doing. You, you know that, right? Like, you know the kind of person you want to be known as. You want to be known as a generous person, but you're not practicing giving. You want to be known as a person that can be trusted, but maybe you're not practicing trustworthiness. You, you, want to be person that's, you want to be a person that's known as someone who's patient and kind, but traffic, right? And he's going, I just want to sync them up. I want to sync up the person I want to be known as with the, the habits in my life. I, I love that quote from James Clear in Atomic Habits, that every decision you make is a vote for the kind of person you want to be known as, for the kind of person you want to be. And this is what he's talking about. He's talking about our habits, the way we train, the way we show up. That are you putting in the work in the little ways so that you might see some bigger changes? Back to 1 Timothy. Here's the way he ends it. He says, this is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. He's basically like, hey, listen, don't miss this. This is huge. He says, this is why we work. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle for our hope is in the living God who is the savior of all people and particularly of all believers. He's saying, I'm telling you, what, what you're trying to do here, what, if you are going to enter into this race, you will not be able to do this on your own power. You will not be able to do this on your own. That you have to have the hope of the living God, that you have to be infused and energized by the power of a resurrected Savior living inside of you as his spirit. It is the only way to get to where he wants us to be. He's going, hey, this is, I don't know how else to put this, but if you thought you have what it takes, you don't. You don't have what it takes to get there. Which a lot of us are like, whew, good, because I have been trying for a long time. He's like, yeah, quit trying, because you can't. But what you can do is you can start training. And when you start training, you start thinking about things differently. You start thinking less about the outputs, the outcomes, and more about the inputs, right? I mean, think about it this way. In, In this world... The people you work with, the people you live around, people friends with, school with, whatever. How, how do we measure success in this world? How do we measure success? 
money, fame, achievement. Ultimately, we measure success based on winning, right? Did you, did you win? I mean, it's why, it's why you know, today we're going to, these two football games that will be the two of the most watched things on television, it's just so nice that we know who won. It, 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 the game will end and there will be a winner. In America, our world, we love achievement and awards and notoriety. We love the outcomes But I want you to think about something a little different. How how does God measure success? How how, how does he, what's the standard that he uses for us to get to the end of life and for us to get that same statement that Jesus got? You remember the end of Jesus' life before he ascends into heaven, he hears this, this voice from heaven that says, well done my good and faithful servant. I'm telling you, this is what we ultimately want. We want that that voice, that stamp, the well done, my good and faithful servant. So how does God, how does he measure success? I, I think he measures success with faithfulness. It's less about the outcome It's less about the number. It's less about hitting the goal and it's more about the process, the daily investment, doing your best, putting in the work on a daily basis. He's going, hey, I I just, if if you want to see that happen, I'm telling you, I I can help make that happen. He is the X factor. But if you want to see that happen, you got to put in the work. You've got to be in training. I'll, I'll tell you where this showed up in my life, maybe most most profoundly, from at least from a professional sense. I, I do a lot of, um, these days I get the opportunity to speak to a lot of organizations about leadership, which I really, really enjoy, and then preach a lot about Jesus, mostly on the weekends. And it's been a really exciting endeavor for me. And f- for me, the way I changed the most professionally was I did one of those, you know, 360 degree feedback tools that are miserable, you know? that make you question like everything about your life, right? And, and I remember asking people these questions about, about me and I, and I really, obviously, I, I wanted the feedback. I wanted to grow. I wanted to get better. And so I asked it and the person that's kind of helping facilitate it put it into themes and, and two of the themes I'll, I'll never forget. One of them was, um, whenever I'm in a one-on-one conversation with you, I don't always feel like you're present. It feels like you're always thinking out in the future or you have a lot on your mind, and that was really true. But I hated reading that. Because you know how it feels when you're with somebody and they're not present with you? How does that make you feel? It makes you feel like you don't matter, like you don't have value. And so my behaviors were betraying my beliefs. And so I was like, I got to figure this out. The second thing that, the second theme from the feedback was um, you're responsible to lead some meetings and we don't always feel like that you're prepared to lead the meetings. And that one, I was like, well, that's not a surprise to me. I mean, I know I'm not always prepared, but I I will always show up and I will always try to use my ability to think quick on my feet to overcome my lack of preparation. And it was as if the people that I was working with were like, it's not overcoming it. Um, We're all aware, okay, that you are winging it right now. Uh, We are all aware that you are not as prepared as you could be right now. And we just want to delicately and kindly tell you it's not working, okay? And so I was like, cool, message received. Also, no one asked you, so... How about that, you know? 
No, like I did, obviously I did ask and I did want to be, and I remember in that season of life going, all right, God, what does it look like for me? I know that sounds professional and what does that even matter? Because the way we work matters so deeply because this is the way we love other people. This is our greatest opportunity to impact other people is the way we show up, the way we conduct ourselves, the way we lead other people and encourage other people and influence other other people. And I just knew I gotta be different. I gotta do something different. And so for me, the training was, okay, well, I gotta get some space, some time to be able to get all this that's on my head down on paper so that when I'm with people, I can be present. I gotta get some time and some space to be able to put some work in so that I can show up prepared. I gotta put some time and energy and effort. I gotta get into Training. I, I need to be training myself for godliness. So I got to do some things differently. I, yeah, I, I got I to get to work earlier. I got to get up earlier. I got to go to bed earlier. And I got to, most difficultly, watch less Netflix. Like, that's what I got to start. And, and if I'm going to, and you know, the, the hard thing is that feels like trying, but I'm telling you, trying without training is hopeless. It's not, am I training or am I trying? We're always, there's always some level in which we're trying to show up, but I was trying to engage in a training regiment that would lead me to the place that I knew God wanted to take me. I, I, I want to put just, Three simple handles on this for you, and it might feel corny or cheeky, and I get that, the line between, and I'm just trying to be helpful and memorable versus like, ah, oh, it was kind of dumb. Very thin, all right? So excuse the fact that this is real simple and maybe corny or whatever. If you wanted to write these down, you could. You won't even have to, fortunately, because it's just six words. But I want to give you three handles that I think this is the way we approach this. Number one, we've got to give up. You, you got to eventually go, I'm going to give up. I'm not going to try harder. I'm actually going to try. In a way, it feels like I'm trying less. I'm not just striving and, and gritting my teeth and hoping this will work out. No, 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 no. I'm giving up trying. I'm going to stop trying and I'm going to start training. But it starts with going, I'm going to give, I, I got to, I, I, here's the reality. You can't do it anyway. You can't really change yourself like you want to. And I'm not talking about like 1% change. I'm talking about we all need like 10, 15, 20% changes. And the only way to get there is to go, all right, I'm going to give up. I'm going to stop trying and I'm going to start training. And then secondly is to to fess up, all right? And I recognize that um, for a lot of you, particularly those that didn't grow up in the South, you're like, what does that even mean? Um, I grew up, my, my grandmother would use this term. She would be like, darling, you got to fess up. You got to go tell him the truth, you know? That the, and I, it took me to becoming an adult till I realized that's not even a word, okay? But I understand the sentiment of it, right? That I'm going to confess, that I'm going to speak it, I'm going to say it. You know how different it is when you actually tell someone that you're in training versus just, I'm just going to keep this to myself. Some of you tried to do dry January, you know, and you didn't tell anybody about it. And so fr- because Friday night when you're going out with the fellas, you, you know, you didn't have anybody, but whoa, 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 I thought you said you were doing dry January. Why are you ordering seven double IPAs, right? Like what's going on here? You said you were in training, right? There's, there's this natural accountability that happens when we tell someone, I'm telling you, if you want to be in training, you got to fess it. You got to tell somebody about it. And maybe somebody, it's the reason why we do small groups 
You heard Joel mention that today. Maybe you need to get in a group. Maybe you need to tell your group, hey, I just want to let you guys know I am training myself to be godly. Therefore, here's what I'm doing. This is what my regiment looks like. This is what my plan looks like. And then lastly, not only do we have to give up, fess up, but we have to look up. We have to look up and keep our eyes fixed on him because I, I, I can't say this enough, but for those of you that are dads, I, 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 I feel the way you feel where there's a low hum of guilt at all times. I'm not the man that I want to be. I'm not the person I want to be. Like who, who do I think I am to try to lead these kids, right? If you're a dad, you know the pressure of, I, I don't just want to be a different kind of man. I, I really need to be for the sake of these children. If you're a mom, you, you get that. You got all this pressure on you and you want to be different. If you're an employee, you, you, you want to do well and you want to impact others. If you're a friend, if you're a boss, I'm, we could go on and on and on. But I'm just telling you, for us to become the kind of person that God wants us to be, we don't have the power to do it. Maybe everybody in your life told you you can do it. Well, the Apostle Paul's here to tell you, you actually can't. So enjoy that, right? You can't, you can't do it. But the beauty is, is that when the power of God is living within you, you actually can become more than you thought you could even become. And it's not gonna be because you're trying. It's gonna be because you decided, I'm gonna give up, I'm gonna gonna try less, I'm gonna try softer, I'm gonna start training, I'm gonna tell some people about it, and then I'm gonna fix my eyes on the only one who can get me to where I want to be. This is Hebrews 12. I remember being a teenager and I had a mentor who encouraged me to memorize this. And it's, these are the words that so many times I think back to these words where the author of Hebrews said, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. Those things that want to pull us down and hold us back and keep us in that. I can't believe I'm in it again. I'm just going to fall back to those habits that I got, that I've always been in. That's just the way that I am. No, I'm going to throw all that off. And then he uses this run concept. He said, let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us, the key words, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith who he trained himself to do the thing that he didn't even want to do. He's in the garden that night. He's going, God, if you could let this cup pass before me, that would sure be awesome. But not my will, but your will be done. And he had trained himself to be ready for his moment. We we fix our eyes on him, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, that there is joy on the other side, for the joy set before him, considered all that was in his way. And for the joy set before him, he endured this cross, he scorned its shame, and he sat down next to the right hand of God. Consider him, consider him who took on such opposition so that we don't grow weary and lose heart. If you feel weary today, if you feel like you've lost heart today, join the club. But if you feel weary and if you feel like you've lost heart today, I just want to invite you to Jesus. I want to just invite you to stop trying, to start training, and to fix your eyes on him. And so, Heavenly Father, I, I, um, I genuinely pray that prayer. I, I feel like it's a prayer. It's a prayer of, a prayer that is asking for miraculous powers. God, the kind of person that we know we want to be, it just feels 
sometimes so far away, those habits that feel like they have such strongholds on us, the things that hold us back and get in the way and keep us from becoming the person that we want to be, they, they betray us. God, the Apostle Paul asked that question, why do I do the things I don't want to do and I can't do the things that I want to do? And so I just pray today that in the power of your spirit that you would give us all that we need to become all that you want us to be. For the person today that does not know you, that doesn't have a relationship with you, has never trusted you with their life, I pray that today that they would do that. Right there in the quietness of their heart, sitting in the chair they're sitting in, that they would say, I- I- I'm broken. I need a savior. I'm dead. I need a savior that can make me alive. And Jesus, you are the one. And so we just keep our eyes fixed on you. And we pray all this in your name. Amen. Once again, thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more messages like this, we've made it super easy. First, you can hit the subscribe button to get these messages on your device every week. Second, you can download our app from iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your apps. Or third, you can check out our YouTube channel. Just search for Buckhead Church and make sure to subscribe. Have a great day.